0: Hey there, thanks for joining us today and tuning into End of the Night, a podcast featuring hospitality professionals in the Midwest and around the country who are doing exceptional work. If we haven't met yet, I'm Cassie Anderson, owner and creative director of Cassie Rose Events, a luxury planning and production firm based here in Michigan with a love of curating milestone celebrations. I'm always honored to be among the company of people whose artful selections elevate your entertaining needs and today's guest is no exception. I'm joined by Alexandra Griffin, branding expert and baker behind Alma Kitchen, the wildly successful shortbread company that has delighted the likes of Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, and more. Her elegant designs provide memorable food experiences unlike any other, and also do good for the planet. Because as you'll hear, Alexandra is passionate about social impact. Hey, if eating cookies is one way to protect the environment, I can get on board with that. Alexandra is also sharing her coveted recipe for Swedish rye bread on our blog, the perfect fix for those holiday gatherings to come. Enjoy. How crazy do you have to be to start a business in the middle of a global pandemic?
1: (laughs) You know, I (laughs) think pretty crazy. (laughs) I think that's a very fair and a good question. (laughs) I never really began this project with the intention to launch a business. The story sort of goes that I had just quit my job in January of last year. And it was a job I wasn't really loving. And I knew you know, it was time to move on. And obviously, come sort of end of February, March, and COVID just completely turned our world upside down. And I think... I, like many others, I was just really looking for a way to kind of bring joy back into my life. And, you know, I started thinking about different side projects that I could take on to do that. And that's what this concept really was, this idea of making botanical shortbread, which is what we make at Alma Kitchen. And yeah, it didn't last long as a side project. (laughs) It quickly quickly evolved into something more, but I never really began it with the intention for it to be a business. And so maybe I, I tricked myself into the whole thing, but it's certainly been an adventure. You're right. I mean, it's just
0: so funny because I feel like everyone I know who's a small business owner in 2020 was like, should I close up shop? Like, I can't do this anymore. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, let's go for it. This is the time. (laughs) But
1: it's been it sounds like it's been amazing. You know, for us, like our business model was inherently something that provided Folks value during COVID. We do a lot of business through gifting. And, you know, when folks weren't able to spend time with one another, gifting was obviously something that was incredibly important and obviously gifts that can travel. So, you know, for us, COVID impacted us probably in different ways than it did other people. It really didn't impact our sales volume. Um, it definitely impacted how we operated. I think actually. The products that we were providing were actually helping in some ways, um, and we're probably especially in demand during COVID uh, because people were looking for that way to sort of connect with each other from far away.
0: That's so interesting. I never would have even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. It's like, okay, we can't be together. How can I show that I care? Totally. You are an expert gifter. Oh, what are you sort of seeing as some gifting trends? What are people caring about? What are people sending each other?
1: We've generally seen a, a greater awareness around the importance of sustainability and supporting brands that have environmental initiatives. And I think that's true for gifting as well. For us, helping to protect the environment is really at the core of our DNA. So we say that for every box purchased, a portion of the proceeds fund the planting of one tree. And so we like to call this idea planting it forward. And I think having those types of programs or practices in place for brands has moved from being a nice to have to a need to have in the minds of consumers. And mm-hmm, that's one thing that's so great about sustainability as a pillar, it's, it's not going away anytime soon. You know, it's one of the, if not the greatest challenges facing our generation. So it's going to continue being top of mind for consumers. And I think continue to be a really important aspect of gifting and how to decide when you're choosing a product or a brand. That's, I
0: think the biggest one I'm seeing. That's so interesting. I feel like I've, in the event's world. What I've definitely been seeing too, right in that same vein is I have so many more clients now who are thinking creatively about how to offset their carbon footprint. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like talking the talk. I feel like people are walking the walk more too.
1: Totally. And I think you're right though. It's, it's a journey, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not something that's going to happen overnight, especially for industries like the events industry or sometimes the luxury sector, you know,
0: do you find that it's challenging to run a sustainability conscious business?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's certain things that we can quite easily do. You know, we with all of our shipments that we send out, we offset the the carbon emissions. So we're carbon neutral with all of our shipments. You know, we have the plant it forward program, the buy a box plant a tree program that I mentioned. But yeah, you know especially with something like our packaging, um, especially for food products, right? It's really tough. We want to have a really amazing gifting experience. And a lot of that comes with incredible packaging, but there's an element of waste to that. We use certain materials that are either recyclable, can be reused, can be replanted. So our stationery that folks can request gift messages to be written on can actually be planted into the ground and will grow wildflowers. Oh, I love that. What's that called? That has a name. It's like a special kind of paper. Right? Yeah, it's, like it's it's seed
0: paper. Seed
1: paper. Yeah. Appropriately named. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so those types of <laughs> things are really easy changes to make and also obviously add something kind of fun and novel to the experience. There's obviously tons of suppliers out there that can provide great pricing and great products and things like that for small businesses, but not a lot of packaging suppliers that specialize in eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, or recycled material. and so if there's anyone listening that wants to start a, a business <laughs> in um, sustainable packaging for for startups and small businesses, I think that there's definitely there's a, white a market space in the market Call me. We'll
0: get you on we'll get you on the show. Yep. yep, we'll make it happen. <laughs> okay, tell me about these artists though because I'm very intrigued by this. I haven't really seen people doing anything like this. What is the role? Of the artists yeah. that you collaborate with on your collections?
1: So, my background is mostly in brand management and marketing. And with that, there's a heightened attention to detail. Um, oh, yeah. And so, when I was thinking about this gifting and unboxing experience, I knew that there needed to be a menu card that we included in our boxes, obviously to show folks the different types of shortbread they were getting and the ingredients and all of that. I didn't want to use a photo, I didn't want to use yeah. some sort of graphically illustrated something that was generated on the computer. I wanted it to feel really beautiful and really artful. So we partner with female artists to help bring those shortbread designs to life in their own unique style. So for each collection that we launch, we partner with a female artist. We send them images of the shortbread designs that we've been working on. And then they bring them to life in incredibly beautiful and unique ways with their own style. And then we use those illustrations on our menu cards. And we're actually looking at other ways we can incorporate them into other elements of our brand visual identity and our marketing. But it's a really fun and collaborative experience because there's been times when I'll send something and I'll see it come to life in an illustration. And I'll think, well, gosh, like maybe we could tweak this one little thing or someone mm. might say, I love that design, but maybe we could bring a little bit more orange into you know this aspect of the floral design. And so I love it when it becomes really collaborative. And the other fun thing is we also try to choose the partners that we work with based on the inspiration for the collection. So we're we're partnering with an artist for this upcoming holiday season who is known for really beautiful and whimsical designs. And I think she's the perfect person to help bring our new holiday collection to life uh, because she'll do it in her own unique style.
0: I think it is so unique to to what you're doing and to your brand. you know when you and I first started chatting and I was doing my <laughs> my deep dive spiral into how cool everything you're doing is. <laughs> It sort of resonated with me because I feel like obviously what you're doing is very different than what I do, but this collaborative piece as an event producer, I'm sort of this gatekeeper for talent, right? Like most of my clients hire me because in addition to, you know, just wanting somebody at the helm for their process, like they want to tap into my Rolodex. They want to know who I know. They want to get their team together and they trust me to do that for them and give them good recommendations. And it puts me in sort of this interesting position where I'm bringing other people business.
1: Absolutely. And I think you bring up a really good point. And and it's it's one that I think is probably one of the most sort of surprising in a good way aspects of this journey for me, which has been just how supportive, Mm -hmm. especially female small business owners can be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really been amazing. You know, when I first was working on this idea and building out a marketing plan, I quickly realized there's folks that I'm going to want to reach out to and I just have no idea how they'll respond. You know, mm-hmm. I I come from a world with millions and millions of dollars in marketing budgets and almost every sort of partnership we worked on with an influencer was paid. And, and, yeah. and <laughs> I yeah. really, I had pretty low expectations for the type of response rate I would get for reaching out to influencers to see if they would like a box, you know, certain Certainly with no expectation that there would be, you know, a post in return or anything, but sure. whether it's it's reaching out to influencers or reaching out to other small business owners or just asking for advice or support, every step of the way, I have continued to be so amazed by how supportive these women have been. And honestly, I, I truly couldn't have done it without the generosity and the support of this small business community. It, it's just been pretty astounding. Especially given when you were launching, when you were reaching out to people,
0: It was a stressful time, right? I mean, it's still a stressful time. Totally. One of the things that I have been dying to ask you and like talk to you about, my understanding is that a lot of your inspiration when it comes to food or even just like your love for food stems from your family. Yeah. So I know from some of our past conversations, we've talked a lot about the influence of your family in your business, in your recipes, in the way that you do business. And I wonder if there's either special family recipes or family memories that really inspire you or that you kind of bring into your food and into your business now?
1: I think for my family, like so many others, food is at the heart of the times that we're able to spend together, whether that's enjoying a meal, preparing a meal. But I also think it's a part of the recipes that we've been able to transfer from generation to generation. So, you know, one of my favorite, I guess, stories and examples is the Swedish rye bread that my mother's grandfather's mother, I think, made in in the 1800s and it's this delicious, sort of very rich, um, little bit sweet rye bread. And, you know, the story goes that when they were living in Canada, they actually used this, this bread as a form of barter. And so in a lot of ways, you know, it, it helped provide a livelihood for them. And so this recipe has been brought down from generation to generation. And my mom still makes it every time I come home today. But I think my favorite part of the story is that upon doing a little bit more research uh, later in life, We've come to realize that the Swedish rye bread is in fact not Swedish um, and is in fact Norwegian, but um, we still love it. And I think it just speaks to- And we still
0: call it the the Swedish rye bread.
1: We have to. Yeah, we have to. Um, It doesn't, yeah, it it rolls off the tongue. That's
0: so great. I grew up in a multi-generational household. Like we grew up in the same house as my grandparents. And my grandma is this, I mean, she's 87 now. And she was definitely like the matriarch of our family. Love it. And so many of, I mean, she used to make weird stuff like duck blood soup. And like weird Polish things too wow. that I have not, I have not passed on. But some of the pastries and some of the desserts and things like that. Just hearing you talk about the rye bread is like I totally get that. And you I get can, all the feelings. I can, I can. It evokes the feelings in me too, right? Because I, yeah. I, it's so visceral,
1: totally. And I love a strong-willed grandmother. I. The last time I went <laughs> to see mine, I, I think I was wearing ripped jeans, and I'm not even kidding. She sits there, looks me up and down, and says, "Honey, are you doing okay?" <laughs> Seats to take me, and she's ninety-four, takes me to her closet and asks me to pick out a few pairs of pants because I oh, really think so funny. She she thought we were falling on hard times, so you know you're what, like grandma. Yeah. These were two hundred dollars. <laughs> exactly, I paid yeah. extra for
0: this distressed look. Okay, uh,
1: yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep,
0: yep. No, I, oh, yep. that's so funny. <laughs> well, speaking of sort of family, and and I know you mentioned a little bit earlier your holiday collection that's coming up too. When you're hosting. What's a must-have for you? Either a must-have item or a must-have rule or process. What's something that, in your mind, maybe make or break a small party? Yep, hard liquor. <laughs> like you kidding. must have I, it or you must I, not have it. I, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, I was like, um, we're
1: gonna, <laughs> like no judgment, but let's unpack that a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's crucial, but no, I think um, I think one thing you can always expect if you come to our home. Is that there will be snacks <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: when friends or family are coming over, whether it be for drinks or dinner. You know, I just I love having some snacks, some hors d'oeuvres out, and I think, of course, from a practical standpoint, you know, you never know how hungry your guests might be when they come over. But having something, you know, whether it's a cheese board or even if it's just some, some nuts or some snacks, it's just such a nice way to welcome someone into your home because I think you know right away that that person made an effort so that you feel comfortable and you can enjoy yourself. I guess that's probably signature or go to sort of hosting trick. Really, it doesn't matter if you're swinging by my house to pick up something or if you're coming over for a holiday dinner, there will always be food out (laughs) and there will always be something to welcome you.
0: I love that. What brings you joy in this work? What
1: is it about this brand, this new brand for you? That's exciting. You know, I spent so many years, I think, like many people in the early days of my career, trying to figure out what that thing is. And I think what I've come to realize, at least for me, is it's not just one thing. I've been now lucky enough to combine all of the things that I really love. And I think what I've found is it's the intersection of all of those those elements, those things that, that truly lights a fire in my belly each morning. And it's doing something that's both creative, but also strategic. It's something that allows me to be in the kitchen, but also at a desk, you know, working inside, Mm. but also finding inspiration outside, you know, it's celebrating the things that I love and bring me joy. But ultimately I think creating something that brings other people joy is, is probably the sweetest thing of all, because I mean, Gosh, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? Like cultivating joy. And if you're able to find that in your work, truly find that and bring that to others as well. You know, that's that's the holy grail.
0: Okay. Well, that was a great answer.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it was very generic, but
0: <laughs> no. No, it's true. And it's motivating, right? Like it's yeah, motivating, so motivating. To like, yes, I love it, but oh my gosh she's gonna really love this when I present this to her or when I, you know what I mean? Or like totally. knowing that who's receiving your box of cookies is just, it's gonna make their day, you know? And like, I just, I think that that, yeah, it just, yeah. it can't be overstated. It you really You have can't. the
1: opportunity to be that catalyst. Yeah, it's an right. incredible opportunity and not everyone has that. So I think it's important to appreciate it. Well, thank you again.
0: I feel like I could keep chatting with you for hours.
1: Oh, it's been amazing. <laughs> but so I know you fun. have to get to the bakery. <laughs> I do. Yes. I'd say you've got a busy day ahead of you. Thanks for making time for me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And can we make this like a weekly thing? Like this is a great way to start the day.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in to end of the night. If you're anything like me and can't wait to connect with Alexandra and taste her shortbread creations, you can find her on Instagram at Alma kitchen co. And for our listeners, she's offering 15% off any order through October with the code Cassie 15. Don't say I didn't warn you about how addicting they are. Plus, they truly make lovely gifts with shipping available worldwide. Enjoy this conversation? Feel free to share on Instagram and tag at Cassie Rose Events and at Alma Kitchen Co. And if you want, you can even rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I appreciate it so much. We've got a few other episodes before we close out season one and I can't wait to share what we have in store. Talk soon.